Look at the Boga Honey Podcast. That's why I, I tried not to have cams on my bow. I don't have to deal with slippage or anything Shut like up. that. You just put a new string on there, you're fine. What is Boga? But seriously, that's the dumbest thing ever. It, it go, I am all about Just strap it to your pack. Really appreciate the fact that you're from Michigan and not Georgia. You don't want to be the next Mark Kenyon. No. I'm a shit show. <laughs> that's, that spot's taken. You can see how pathetic Jared's face is right now. <laughs> because that's how it looked. It was just like, is this good enough? Before we begin today's episode, we're going to quick thank some of the companies that helped make this show possible. Not sure if you guys have heard, but HuntWise has come out with what it calls HuntCast 2.0. Recently, they partnered with Jeff Sturgis, who has decades worth of data, and they've taken that data to compile a prediction as to when you should be out in the woods. So they, they rank it on a scale of 0 to 100%, or the way we prefer it is deer. So when it's a five-deer day, you better be in the woods. So check it out, become an elite member, and learn how to maximize your time in the field, because really, you can't put a price on a good hunt. Tree saddles. We've all heard of them, and we love using them. Why? They're lightweight, they're easy to use, and if you use the right company, you can have everything you ever need for saddle hunting. In walks Trophy Line. <laughs> Trophy Line <laughs> just came out with a platform this year called the Mission Platform, and they came out with sticks to go with it. So why else would you want to use another company? Go to TrophyLine.com, use the promo code BOGA, Hunting TL20. <laughs> Worst code ever. <laughs> <laughs> Longest code ever. But do it because you get a good discount. You get 20% and it's good off. stuff. Trophyline.com. A lot of people ask us why we partnered with First Light. And it's because they have amazing systems, and the base of all those systems is around merino wool. Merino wool is great because it keeps you warm when it's cold out and cold when it's warm out because it pulls moisture away from your body. And best of all, it doesn't stink. No so stink. So if you're looking for a, a great new system, can't recommend them highly enough, firstlight.com. We all know that Vortex is the leader in optics, so we can't say enough good things about them. We love them. We use them in the field every time we're out there. But what most people don't know is their clothing line is just as good. There's a brand new fall line that's just come out. We've got a couple of pieces from that line, and they are freaking awesome. So if you want to save 20% on your next purchase, head over there and use the promo code BOGA20 at checkout for 20% off. Jared, how much do you weigh? Probably two, I'm pushing 200. Well, I got good news for you, pal. If you drop in the woods, throw my Seek Outside pack on, throw you in the meat hauler, I'm dragging you out full one trip. The Seek Outside short tail. The pack that we decided to run this year at Boga Hunting works in a tree stand, hauls a lot of weight, cinches down or expands based on what you need, and it's great for hiking too. If you want to save 5% off in your next purchase, use the promo code BOGA. I like to think it keeps us grounded. Uh, <laughs> you know, if, if we were really living it up in glitz and glam, you know, it would really ruin the the authenticity of the show. I don't feel like it would be boga. It wouldn't if be we boga. Were inside we, warm. If we're not yeah, exactly we're not or hot in the summer. <laughs> if we're not freezing our ass off. Oh my do you guys record there in the summer? That'd be worse. Well Jared just sits here in his undies. It's yeah. ugly, man. You hate to see it. You get a fan blowing wherever you need to. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's doable. Just gotta bundle up with some merino undies and That's right. They breathe, yeah. but they also keep you warm. <laughs> they sure do breathe. Well, um, Byron, let's just, you want to jump right in? You good to go? Sure, let's fire it in there. Cool. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. Um, we've got a special episode today with Byron of the Whitetail Experience. How are you doing? Good, man. How are you guys doing today? Good. Yeah, you, we're doing you doing good. good? Yeah. I never asked you. I never asked you. That's fine. Usually I'm... the guests ask. I haven't asked you at all. You doing all right? We're, you know, we're more focused on Byron anyway. That's just, true. You know, I'm just <laughs> lounging in the chair. Stay warm. Chilling, stay warm. And what we call, you know, Byron's watching us right now. He can see our our, um, our situation. But we're in the, we call this the sound temple. And it's because this is where our uh, sweet, sweet, smooth podcast was born. Was born right here and lives. 
I like it. You guys got a solid Euro mount in the back drop. I got that memo as well. So, I, so you, right. Hey, that was roadkill. Yeah, that would be a roadkill. All the good bucks you put in your house, but yeah. if you get a roadkill, that's a decent roadkill buck. That was a good roadkill buck. For Michigan yeah. too, man. So it was actually, it was killed on a pretty, a pretty busy road, like in the morning when everyone's going to work and then in the evening when everyone's leaving. But he was dead on the side of the road in the morning. Yeah. And I saw him as I was going into work. Stopped at work, got like this old, like, wood saw with like the wood handle. Was it the floppy saw? Yes, that you can like play yeah. like violin or whatever on it. Yeah, it's rusty, super dull. Give well, that, right? yeah, of course. And I pull up on the side of the road, and like soccer moms are driving by, and all this that. And and you're other. just hacking the head and off. And I am of just sawing the crap out of this <laughs> buck's neck, like oh, no knife, just straight through the yeah the wassail. That had to be ugly. But I got him, cleaned him up, and did you uh, boil and, and do that whole deal? I did the bury method. The what? The bury it. You oh, bury, bury it in it. dirt. Did that work pretty well? Yeah. No, no. no. <laughs> you didn't break any of the the nose bones. I've done the boil method on a few of mine, and I always break the nose bones. Um, the one I did bury, the nose bones survive, and now I'm to the point. If I shoot something of enough meaning, I take them to a guy with beetles, and yep. I pay like. Bucks, so. That's the way to do I it. I asked for beetles for Christmas. Um, my wife's on board. I've actually, we have some, this is going to sound real hilljack, but I've got some dead animals that I've found in my freezer. What? Yeah. That I'm, that I've saved for a beat for the beetles that I'm getting. Hey, if you I've start, a, if you're going to be a beetle farmer, I'm in. You, you in? I, I'll bring I feel you, like I'll we have dead enough animals. dead stuff and like my, I don't know, like it, it's skulls are cool. It's cool. Skulls to find are them, pretty cool. You know? And like, I've tried the berry method too. I buried a uh, chipmunk. I wanted to see what would happen, like a test run. I lost it. I don't know where I buried <laughs> you didn't it. Mark it? <laughs> no. A little stick. Well, I did, but I then I'm like, I get there and it was like a year later. I forgot about it, right? And mm. I go, I'm like, I think this is the stump I put. No, couldn't find it. No, I I started the bury method. Yep. And then I undug it all, and it was still just all fur. So yeah. then I did a maceration. What is that? So you put it in water and let the water bacteria just eat away at it. You just it. left it in water? It's got to be, a, it's got to, I want to say it has to stay at like around 100 degrees. So most people will put like a fish tank heater in there. Oh, really? Yeah, just and put an extension cord in a five-gallon bucket or whatever. But you got to change the water pretty frequently and you got to like push all the nasties out. And it was a, it was stinky. But it's a good way, like you said, not to, not to um, break the nose. Mm-hmm. That's the easiest part to, to to break. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this. We thought we were going to talk public land. And now we got half a science class. Oh yeah. Uh, you know? Break down here. Yeah. You know this one one <laughs> one final story. Your, your All right. Boga cookies. It, well, I was uh, in high school, and my friend Dan and I decided we're sneaking. Da- we live in Michigan. This weekend, there's some girls in Indiana. We're sneaking down there. You know, I'm telling my parents I'm sleeping over at his house. He's, He's telling his parents, right? Yep. The, you know the deal. Classic. We go down, and we sneak down to see these girls in Indiana, right? On the way down, we see a huge velvet buck just get clocked by a car, right? We did the same thing, chopped it off, mm-hmm. and actually took it into a place that preserved the velvet on the antlers. Oh, cool. My uncle's got it. Is I don't the think one he knows. Cottage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I don't think he knows that I... I got it because my cousins that live in Indiana. I don't think he knows that I like snuck down and was part of hacking it <laughs> off, hacking it off. But now you know. Anyways, but I digress. But before we jump into whatever we're going to talk about, because clearly we're going to be all over the place, mm-hmm. Byron. Like, um, do you want to ex- explain what Whitetail Experience is, and you know who yeah. you guys are, where you're based, and things like that? Sure. So, uh, Whitetail Experience. I think we're going on year five. And it kind of started um, a group of guys. We started hunting together, uh, started having some success uh, on public land and, and decided, you know what, we're going to take a shot at filming this thing. Yeah. And that kind of now has evolved into a full blown like YouTube channel kind of devoted to oh public land. But then obviously the YouTube side of things, not just the hunts, but but tactical talk and discussions or a cool video about stand and stick height test or uh five gear items that we like for mobile hunting and so that kind of like evolved and and i did get a very lucky break where i worked a trade show for xop mm-hmm. um because cody dequisto and i had met through through a friend and he knew i was running um their stand and so he he needed a, a body 
And that lucky bounce kind of led me to, to increasing my production value and kind of doing some, some social media uh, photo video work on the side. And, and then obviously you're around that caliber of hunter. And now I do some of the um, white addictions editing and a lot of edited pieces for Lone Wolf custom gear and XOP. So that's kind of the quick oh, elevator pitch to me and, and, and the white experience. You know, I really like your videos. I'll say it there. I admit it. I watch them quite a bit. Uh, and I, I think I messaged you. I've had warm feet because of you. <laughs> yeah. And I told you so got the uh, sock over the boot. Yeah. Okay. So do you want to, I don't know. Do you want to describe what the sock method is? Yeah. Cause it's amazing. So, so I can't take full credit for, for, for this discovery, but, uh, Jason Samkowiak, another Michigan guy. Yep. Um, he said it on his podcast and he didn't spend ter- a terrible amount of time talking about it. And I was like, I wonder if that would work. And I guess the technique is you can take one hunting sock and literally cut it in half right around like the heel area. Yep. And we always wear hiker boots because, you know, you, we're hanging stands, we're walking further distances, the big clunky rubber boots or the, the thicker lace-ups, it just, yeah. it, it kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we, we're wearing thinner hiker boots and, and the feet, you know, are getting cold. And I don't know about you guys, but when your feet get cold, that's that's like the first thing that, that gets icicles and gets you out of the tree stand or yeah. makes the hunt miserable. So the, the, what you do with this sock then is it's like a mitten for your boot. And so the nice thing about the socks, they pack down to nothing in your bag and they separate your, your boot from the tree stand. That's metal. That metal. And just, yeah. Yeah. Just holding all that, that, that cold. And we thought it was a placebo effect the first couple of times we did it, but we had a couple other buddies do it. And so five of us all agreed that our toes stayed warmer and one guy was out of a climber. So it's oh, like, yeah. okay, wait a minute. We've got a couple different you know, factors here. Multiple guys are saying their feet are warmer and, and sure enough, it works. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a nice add to, to the arsenal. I, uh, I had these huge, these huge wool socks that like, I never wear cause they're just big. And like, you know, when the heel goes like up the back of your leg, the worst. Too, you hate that. The worst. But I'm like, you know, I saw your video and I'm like, what I'm going to do is cut them off at like the ankle so I can fit them around my boot and then take that extra sock part and put them on my toes, double it up. It's oh. nice. Right. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just to add to, you know, your, your body of research on, on this, this topic, <laughs> we're, I was hunting out of a saddle. So now you've done tree stand climber and you've got a saddle guy. Okay. So, you know. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, you know. But, no. but it's batting a thousand. It is yep. batting a thousand, man. And I'm all about it. Mm-hmm. So, and plus, like you said, I mean, Jared's got sweaty feet. Oh, yeah. It's well documented. And I just. <laughs> Like I don't like I don't have sweaty feet, but I don't like clunky boots. I like to be quick, and if I need to sneak around or something, wearing those big clod hoppers is like I just I can't. Yeah. So it's been a game changer. Mm-hmm. Although I will say, you did convince me on the Solomons. I got a pair of Solomon sh- boots. I'm a big fan. You like them? Yeah, that was a good call. Yep. Yeah, which ones? Uh, do you, uh, I have the. I think it's the GTXs. Yep. Okay. And they're a little stiff, but like for out west, I really like them. But I, uh, what what models do you guys like? I have the Mark 4D or something like that. Mark D4, okay. yeah, something around, <laughs> something around there. I don't know for sure. Mine are like the, I think mine are the GT. They're really light. They're like almost like a shoe. Shoot, I should know this because I, I brought know. up the topic. But um, yeah, they're real light. They're semi stiff, but I don't mind that too terribly much. They're they're not like real stiff, but. Yeah, yeah, my- yeah, they're not real stiff. They're, they're, I would give them a medium stiffness. I, I w- I've heard they make a, a, a little bit less stiff boot, and I don't know the model type. I haven't done any research, but I would definitely look at that as um, an option for my next pair because I, I love my Solomons as well. Yeah, no, I'm looking at those. Those are mine. Yours are the Quest? No. Yeah. What are these? Which one? Ultra Mid GTX. No, yeah. those. Alt- Quest, Quest, 4D. Quest 4D. So that's it. Yeah, they're a good boot. Mine's yeah. lighter than that. Mine's not so heavy. Honestly, duty. for those that early season hunt, it's it's light enough where I can get in and out. They're waterproof. They still give you a good amount of stability when you're walking around. I haven't had anything slip. So it's just like, for me, it's my perfect early season boot. And then yeah. if I have anything after that, then I'll switch to the lightweight rubbers. And Yeah. Yeah. It's the, nice to have options. I did. Sure. I had the Salewas, and yeah. they got wet, and they got like a smell. So I tried to dry them. Actually, I quick put them, and this is stupid. Have I talked about this in the podcast? Mm-hmm. I have. I put them in the smoker just real quick on real low, like really low, right? Ooh. And so they didn't, nothing really bad happened to them, but they shrunk. It shrunk them. I didn't know boots shrunk. 
So I called him up and like, I'm not, I wasn't trying to like complain about the product. And I was like, Hey man, um, you know, is there any way I can restretch him out? And he's like, no, no, you can't. <laughs> You're bone. <laughs> You're an idiot. That's really just it. So believe it or uh, not, if you've got wet boots, take your wife's blow dryer mm. and stick that thing in a boot for 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Dry. Dries them out. And it doesn't shrink them. Oh, you can put it on no heat mode, right? Oh, I put it on high heat, baby. That's going to shrink it, man. The guy on the phone said sometimes even if you put it in any amount of heat, you have a chance of shrinking. Because of the leather on it? I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess, but mine turned out just fine. But Yeah, I got a boot dryer. That that does okay. Yeah. But I'm always, like, I am afraid if I put them on there, and what if they're not dry in the morning? Then you got to go to either the backup pair of boots or whatever. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you hate to go to the backup pair, too. There's a reason they're they're a backup. (laughs) There's a reason. (laughs) Well, we, we met you at the ATA show. Yeah, I, was that last year or the year before? That was last last year. It was Indiana, Indianapolis. Yeah, it was that last was this, year. This past one. This this most recent okay. one. 2020? Okay. Yeah, 2020. Yeah, it was 2020, man. What, what a way to start the year. Before shit hit the fan. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now it's like, man, that seems like a different world. I saw people without masks on in public. Yeah, that was crazy. It doesn't even seem right. Yeah, I remember getting down there, and I was super hungry. Yep. And I, we had to stop at a subway. And that's when we ran into you. That's what it was, Subway. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I ran into you. I, we ate dinner together. Actually. Yeah, we did. I, I, hey, stranger. I didn't know your faces, but I had listened to, a, uh, oh, probably half the podcast you guys had out at the time. And I was like, yeah, I know who you guys are. I just, I, I've never, oh, and I even had followed the Instagram account because you guys do some good photos. And, and I just didn't put it together there. And I was like, hey, can I eat dinner? Are you guys going to the film fest? And they're like, oh, yeah, we do this podcast. It's hot bug. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, I know Joe, who kind of used to. Joe, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't but talked yeah. to Joe in a while. <sighs> you, we, we usually hop he, in. He in. comes in and out. You yeah. know, like, you'll see him, and then he's gone for a while. I don't think yeah. he's. I saw he posted something about he was off Instagram. He's moving to parlor. That's fair. So we should check. I don't know. We have a parlor. Did you know that? Yes, we do. I've never been on it. It seems like it's you know, a it's the, it's it's new. Yeah, I don't. I don't it's too many, like, too many it things. It might go well. You don't know. Yeah, hopefully it does. Yeah, it'd be great. Good for Instagram. Them. There, there's a. We're all aware of the things that Instagram does, with posts of deer or, you know, good example is you can boost a post. So it's like, say we have some kind of podcast we want really to get people excited about. You you pay like five bucks and they send it to an X audience or whatever. They most of the time won't let us do any of that because they say it's gun sales or um, promoting violence. And you can't really, uh, you know, like, uh, like say, hey, you know, this isn't right. There's no one to talk to about it. So... Well, so we met at the ATA show, and we, I, you know, that's kind of, um, you know, I followed you quite a bit since, just because you guys have cool videos. Um, uh, we, we talk in a little bit of whitetail, uh, public land, and I'm interested to see, you mentioned, you know, you found success. You started to get good at finding, you know, bucks on public land, which, if anybody's actually tried it, is, is not an easy thing. Um, tell us exactly your secret mm-hmm. so we can do that and never not shoot a buck again. I, I don't know if there's one. Uh, here's your 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 answer. Right. Uh, I do I do think there's a there's a couple key factors there, and I also do like I live in Ohio, which is don't get me wrong, it's it's not Michigan, it's not PA, um, right? West Virginia, like it's 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 a better state. It's not by I think it's the fifth most bow hunted pressured state. Yeah. Um, and a lot of out of staters, but like you know, I know I live in a better state for sure. Um, but I would say, you know, the, the public land, if I had a couple summarizing thoughts to, to really what led to some success was a lot of off-season scouting. Yeah. Um, I would say I've killed a lot of my deer from January to March. And, yeah. and if I had to quantify miles, somewhere around 70 um, is what I'm typically walking in a winter. And, and I also got to drive, you know, an hour to, to an hour and a half to most of my places. So that kind of factors into that. I don't. I can't pop out after work a lot of times right. um, in, in, in the winter. And I would say, I would say um, kind of mental toughness um, is something because you, you have to embrace the suck. You have to embrace the grind sometimes of a, of a rut or a season or there's days in March. I don't want to go walk, but mm-hmm. I also want to kill big bucks, you know, right. and, and so you kind of got to do that. Um, and then time you, 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 there is, there is no shortcut for, for, for time and it's a cumulative effect of over the years you know do you do you 
do you drive earlier to a piece and and scout two or three areas before you go and hang for an evening set do you oh do you log all those miles in the off season do you run a few extra cams uh, i pulled cams in the dark before work um this, yeah. this, this fall and you know just all those hours kind of add up to an opportunity i feel so 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 those are like three little things i guess if i had a a bullet point you know of a couple things that i feel like have helped me become more successful at the public land game yeah are you in season scouting like are you spending time cruising around at all or are you you kind of leaving everything in touch and relying on intel from no early? like i do like in season scouting has been like the area of improvement for me for like the last three or four years really cody has kind of all been like a hunting mentor and 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 you know you can find hammer rubs from january but that buck may have died. He may not be in there. And so that, that whole in-season scouting is a new shift in the last three or four eh, three years, if you will, of a, of a major focus. But like this year, for example, I didn't hunt in a tree stand from October 8th through the 20th or something like that. Because wow. I probably was in the woods or pulling cameras six, seven, half of those days-ish maybe. Um, but I was, I was still hunting and scouting. Like yeah. I wasn't. I, I wasn't going to sit in a tree and, and burn those hours that way. I was pulling cams. I was looking at sign. I was trying to find deer, find hunt, hunting pressure. Uh, that's what I was doing. You know, that's, that's something we've talked a lot about, like doing a lot more still hunting, kind of scouting in, um, and rather than just kind of randomly guessing at a spot based on a, a top topo map and, and getting out there and sitting out. It's like very different. And, and we, we've actually used that to find more deer, like, recently we we popped one up a buck that we've now pinpointed and yeah. kind of understand where he's at um which you just don't know unless you kind of look you have to go and check check an area out yeah especially if it's new like i've been hunting uh kentucky and i never laid boots to ground there and you know i'm not sitting all my hours i'm spending there there you know i can throw a dart and if i like it for the first couple hours of the day great but then i've got to get down i've got to scout i've got to figure things out almost created a few opportunities on the ground actually at bucks or seeing bucks yeah. and and yeah it's here in ohio i have enough of a blueprint is what i like to to call these public lands like if you pull up my maps like you can see i've got all these pins and ambush points and um and and stuff like that but unless i would have maybe some some good sign or some good information to hunt that area like I shouldn't necessarily be going off those pins unless I kind of really know something's going on in there. And so Kentucky is a blank slate. I've got to figure it all out yeah. and, and, and kind of on the fly, kind of be in season scouting to, to find that out. That's very interesting. It's hard to go, you know, to a new place and, and know. And I mean, think about how low your odds are if you, you've never been there and you just, you pick a spot on a map offline, you go show up and you shoot a buck. Like that's, that doesn't happen a lot. I mean, I do it all the time. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, case in point, like, we're about to go to West Virginia and hunt mm -hmm. the hill country, so, like, southwestern West yeah. Virginia. And South, yeah, with southwest, yeah. James kind of showed me, like, where we're going to camp and then some of the public land around in that area, and it's, like, it's given me an anxiety attack. Like, you're just looking at hills, so, like, where do you even start? You know, like what kind of terrain features? Like we share, uh, so we share like a common spot. It's on hunt wise, right? So you, we can use our yeah. both share pins. And his pin for places to check out is the red arrow, and mine's the bloody piece of meat. It's a piece of meat. Yeah. And I opened my app up today. I texted him this morning. I'm like, I opened my app, and there's like 50 <laughs> spots that you pointed out. And like, I don't know, maybe that's a thousand acres. Was that you say that that chunk of land's about it's five thousand acres? Five thousand acres. Fifty yeah. or fifty one hundred. Yeah. Either way, the the amount. It was more red than green. <laughs> well, you you <laughs> said, hey, we need to start finding some spots. So, hey, yes, sir. Yes, deal. I'll find some spots. So I was literally just looking for any kind of terrain feature to key in on. Uh, so what I like to do, and I don't know if you do the same way, Byron, but I like to turn on a topo map first and look for, you know, draws leading up from water or a bedding or uh, a saddle in a ridge system or a point, and I'll mark those areas then turn back on the aerial map and start looking for other yeah. kind of features. Just because if you're just looking at a flat forest aerial shot, you don't really know what the terrain's doing. Right. So if I can key on key in on some of those places that are kind of overlooked uh, where people are saying, oh, that's just a, just a forest, yeah. then I can find, you know, those key terrain features. But uh, 
when you're looking at a new piece of public land, what what are the, some of the things that you know you're kind of keying in on before you get boots on the ground, so to speak? Yeah, yeah. So we we documented this a little more this year with the uh, we did a, an Onyx Kentucky series, and um, I would say first and foremost, like access. Mm-hmm. You know the roads, roads around it. Um, I also look before I even look at a public piece is where are where are people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at people population density. Uh, you can sometimes look at the county. Um, and even determine that because I don't I don't want to be near a, a big population mass. I I've found even here in the home state driving even 15, 20 minutes can make a huge difference on hunting pressure. And so those that is kind of the the some of the groundwork I will do. And I, I like you said, I will scout everything with a topo view, mm-hmm. an aerial view, and the hybrid. Yep. Yeah. If I have like clusters of pins, now I prioritize that area a lot more. Like I, I, when you started walking through that, I think your and I process is, is pretty similar. Now I will say this, I am not like the best e-scouter. No, Don't get no. me wrong. Dave, my buddy, my hunting partner, he is very good, very dialed in on the e-scouting. It seems like me, I am a very much boots to ground. I got to see habitat. I key in, I think a little more on habitat than, than he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's kind of my starting point, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Yeah. See, I can I can see where that um, where that can be beneficial. And in some places where I've kind of ran into issues is I'll key in on some of those habitats that I think are a little too obvious. Right. And I'll find that there's just way too much pressure there. Like I'll get there and there'll be there'll like, be a stand. There'll or four some... stands surrounding this. You know, this we, little oh, tiny. I've had swamp that, that three different four different times mm-hmm. i'm like oh sweet you know this this spot's out of the way it's got everything all the things you get there i got there once i was a guy literally leaving after putting up a trail camera and a, he had a trail camera right underneath his deer stand yeah. out there yeah. um so yeah it's tough especially around like you said popul higher population areas where we live um i mean grand rapids not a huge place but it's there's a, there's a lot of people uh mm-hmm. in the area so it's it says they're in the most hunters per square mile uh state of them all i believe yeah. yep yeah yeah it's it's tough and that's why you know you get a you get a good buck on public land here and it's you know well 120 and up yeah. you're 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 like you're doing good mm-hmm. you're having a freaking well, good year when i scroll through instagram even like I, I i do like if i see a guy in michigan killing 90 inch bucks 100 inch bucks like i'm like oh shit like he did something yeah. like yeah like there is no doubt like i i know there's and that's kind of something that's been nice that's kind of come to light here in the last oh couple years via social media podcast blah 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 is is dude kills a 100 inch buck in michigan like that that could easily be like a you know a 130 down here in ohio on public land just because yeah. the, the the caliber uh there there is a difference in inches it's a oh by yeah by all means yeah um that's like a lot of respect, you know. The the yeah. buck that you've got hanging here, if if that you that's I mean, what is that? 90, 100 inches. I bet he's pushing 100. Um that would be a great buck if I if I shot yeah. that on public land here. That would be exciting. But um, that's a that's an urban that's an urban buck. I mean, that's that's what what are less those guys than that... a, less than a half a mile from the Grand Rapids Airport. Ooh, the airport in, has uh, some great hunting. There's some monster bucks. There are. I got, we got to get access to that land. <laughs> so, so Dave, my my hunting partner, works in a um, oh a suburb here of Columbus. We know about two two hundred inches, and he has held a frame of a one ninety all in the same suburb. Really? It, who so are we those... know two two hundred inches right now alive. Can't hunt them. Well, there's who are the guys? This is it. Seek one, seek one production. Are those guys, yeah, they yeah. are shooting those. I, I mean, I, I I just found out. You just showed mm-hmm. me them, but those guys put like some massive Atlanta, 190, 200 inch bucks cruising like the small public pieces of out urban hot Atlanta, Atlanta. <laughs> hot Atlanta, and yeah, it's crazy, unreal. But have you ever seen or heard of the little video clip, uh, the Bucks of Gazan? No. So there is a little, it used to be a very small road over Gazan Parkway. Right? I know, yeah. Yeah, over right. in Lake Wyoming. Yeah, by the by the, the new mall. Like yeah, 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 that yeah, yeah kind of over that way. The new mall, by the way, was built when Jared and I were, what, sophomores in high school. Yeah. So I, I don't know that it's new anymore. It's been like 15, 20 years. <laughs> no, it's going downhill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Anyways, um, there was a cop car dash cam that they had pulled up into this parking lot, and there were, I think, three like 180 190 inch bucks just chilling along a fence row 
that the guy got on his cop car I gotta look camera. It is unbelievable that there's just those kind of bucks just cruising around. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I regularly get videos. Um, I've got some some friends back in uh, New Jersey. And he's like, "Oh yeah, this is check out this buck sleeping in my you know right next to my bushes in my front yard." And yeah, he's like, "I don't see what's so hard." He's not a hunter. I don't see what's so hard about this. It's it's a it's a different animal. I don't I don't really have the desire to do the suburb hunting stuff. I I don't want to be hearing cars. Like I kind of like the escape factor of of some of the oh oh big woods. Oh man, your guys' eyes just lit up. Jared <laughs> just pulled him up. He's got an arm span like my arm. I'll like, see if I can show you that. We got. We'll send it to you afterwards. Oh my word! Yeah, just three of them chilling right there. Golly, that's in the middle of the city. Oh, you're saying though the big woods, like the thrill of going to the back, like out. There's like yeah. some adventure there. Yeah, I um so I am starting to really gravitate towards less agriculture hunting here in my home state. I just um yeah, I, I, I like that adventure, the unknown, the ability to to oh hunt some of the bigger tracks of, of, of public land where you can yeah. you can get back in and I, I, I'm just drawn to that. I don't know mm-hmm. what it we is. We are too. Yeah. We okay. are too. It's it's it 'cause there's there's an element of woodsmanship that you need to have you need to be able to go out read sign um now it's way it's at least for uh, for me and i'm not going to speak for you but it's harder it's it's harder to go out in the middle of a big woods and figure it out and i can't say especially with the recurve i've you know put down a a lot of giant bucks on public land but it's no but you're able to get into the environment yeah into the animals start reading signs we've gotten on them and it's not just I'm gonna walk out to my stand. It's on this back fifty 40, yards you know? out there. Yeah, you're actually having to use hunting skills. Yeah, like oh, I guess it's I'm not gonna say using hunting skills because that would just kind of bosh it on. It's everybody more else. woodsmanship. Yeah, yeah. It's woodsmanship. In 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 farm country, you can look at a at an aerial. You probably don't even need a topo necessarily. Right. And and you know, no offense to 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 the 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 big shows or whatever, if you want to shoot a big buck, just, you know, have a good food source late season. Right. Exactly. Play the waiting game. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, but, but yeah, like show, like I, I, I like the, the, the unknown, the, the mystery, the true, I don't know. The uh, seek. Big, yeah. The pursuit. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So yeah. The, and now I, I feel like not all big woods is created equal because yeah. I have kind of bounced around and, and, there are some isolated, like limited deer places where there's just not a lot of deer, and it takes a a different kind of person to sit there and just not not see a lot of white tails. That's hard. That yeah, is hard. That is hard. No, I'm with you. Um, we we've talked about that quite a bit lately. Like, what what does it mean to hunt? And everybody's got a different definition, and whatever works for you is great as long as it's legal. Um, as long as you're having fun. Yeah, as long as you're having fun, enjoying oh, yeah. yourself. You mm-hmm. know, half of my hunting is you know, big woods, but half of it is I live on three acres. I'll go hunt the back three. And so I get a mix of, and I'm in semi-suburban area, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's very different. I, I would prefer to always go big bucks, uh, big woods, uh, deer hunting. But if I, if it means I can hunt every day by just going to my back woods, I'm going to do that too, yep. you know? Yeah. And sometimes that's a nice reset or a refresh yes. where, where you don't have to hang the stand and, and cause my, my family owns 18 acres yep. and I hunt it maybe one to three times a year. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, it's a little bit more, and my sister and I hunt it, she hunts it a little more and I'll film her, but like, you know, we're not there very much. And it's, it's kind of nice to walk down a, you know, a nice yeah. little trail, mm-hmm. you hop up in your stand. You're like, Oh, I can see how Bill Winky hunts every day. Oh yeah, this is nice. It's cleared out, and you don't yeah. have to deal with prickers or briars. Are you? Do you say prickers or do you say briars? Uh, briars for sure. Okay. And then, um, oh, what's uh, what do we call the other ones that like stick to your clothes after you leave the woods? Burrs. Burrs. Yeah. 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 See, so this is a debate we've had lately on uh, with each other and on the show. We've always called them prickers. Is that like a Michigan thing? Might be. It sounds like man. a kind of a dirty word. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Just sound hey, it's pricking They're me, man. Prickers, <laughs> yeah. I think it's time for a break. Yeah, we were, we were getting long winded. Yep, it's time for a break. We're gonna thank a couple of our uh, couple more sponsors. Who doesn't love smoked meat, Jared? Communists. That's who doesn't <laughs> like smoked meat. If you're not a communist, 
check out Gorilla Grills. So whenever you go out to the field and you procure your own game, mm-hmm. you can bring it back and press your wife, your husband, your kids, your, your friends, fam- friends, your family, anybody with your smoked meat. Check out GorillaGrills.com for all your smoking needs. Everybody knows that arrows are the lifeblood of the hunting industry. If you're a bow hunter, your worth is measured in the amount and the quality of arrows that you have. If you have good arrows, and a lot of them, you are arrow rich. And everybody wants to be arrow rich. Everyone wants to be arrow rich. In one way of doing that, using vector arrows. Why? They are the best. They are tough. You can go to their website, enter all your bow specs in, and they'll spit out the exact arrows that you need. Check them out, vectorcustomshop.com. And be arrow rich. If you're looking for quality, handmade, traditional archery equipment, look no further than Bivouac Bow Co. Jim and Georgia, actually we had them on the podcast, episode 93, check it out. Handmade bows, they have years of experience, their machining is precise, and their products are beautiful. Check them out at bivouacbowco.com. And finally, I want to introduce a new sponsor of the show. Wild Pursuit Wellness makes premium CBD products. It's all natural, broad spectrum CBD, meaning that there is less than 0.0% THC. It only has two ingredients, CBD and MCT coconut oil. It can be ingested or used topically on the skin to help with muscle soreness or joints. We we use it a lot after long hikes or, or sits out in the woods. It's grown and extracted right in the Rocky Mountains, and it's shipped directly to you anywhere in the United States. It's great CBD at an extremely low price, and it can be even lower if you use promo code BOGA for 20% off at checkout. Check them out, wildpursuitwellness.com. No, that's good. And, And one thing that has especially drawn me to you guys is the fact that you're going out, you're finding deer, uh, you know, I was watching your mountain bike uh, setup. <laughs> I like that. I like I like yeah. what you did. Explain the mountain bike setup because yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, so so I I contemplated an e bike for for a while, um, just for for really some trail cam work or uh, places where parking has become an issue. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do this on a budget. So yeah. I bought a a used uh, bike off off Facebook Marketplace. I probably got a better deal. And spray painted a camo, put a uh, oh a better light on the front end, and then some some oh ATV gripper guys to hold my bow while I that ride. That was legit. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and literally, uh, I've taken it out I think four or five times between a couple hunts and a couple uh, trail cam retrievals, and it's saving me a significant amount of time. There was one walk that took me an hour and twenty minutes and cut it down to forty five. <laughs> nice. You Half know, the time. And- yeah, yeah. Now some environments it does it it doesn't help. Yeah. But uh, you know, the long easement or like forest roads where you can't pull off or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, so I think that could be a nice add. Um, you know, and and I did it for under a hundred. You know, I had the bike alone for one one twenty. Yeah. So not a, a terrible investment. Um, from that, I mean, I've put probably forty dollars into it now. Sure. Yeah, the uh, clamps, you said, were like 25 bucks. You get the le- yeah. light on it, you paint it. I'm yeah. doing that. I, I, I So I have a bike that I inherited from a roommate. I wouldn't call that a bike. He, it's a, <laughs> no, it's, I'm just kidding. It's a cool, it's I'm a, kidding. I don't even know what kind it is. I think it's nice. The thing is, I broke the pedal off. I got to fix that. But yeah. he, so it's, I'm, I feel like that's free. Now I got some money to play with to spray paint it and to put some holder. You, you inspired me. We, we tried it in the past and uh, turkey hunting. It was awesome. I thought it could be cool for turkey hunting to like ride the forest roads and yep. stuff because you can hear exactly versus in the truck. You, I got to think those birds are wised up to that trick. Yeah. But a mountain bike's pretty silent. Yeah. That's what we got to do. We, we park on that far by the pine trees, you know, Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You're giving details. You're yeah, giving yeah. They don't know. Where and, this then, is. and then we drive down. Oh yeah. X road, X mile road. Mm. Do you think take our bikes down? We've done that before though. Not, not with the way I'm thinking. We'll talk. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I took a, I took a bike out this year with uh, with Mark. Yeah. Up uh, up in Rockford area, or Canaansburg. You like area. blew people's minds with that. Yeah, we actually met up. There was a couple guys at the trailhead uh, that we were gonna uh, walk on, but then we bust out the bikes and like, oh, you guys are serious, huh? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's right. But we like, are. We got a podcast. I actually, <laughs> <laughs> I actually had to contact the conservation office because the trails are actually closed to biking. 
once hunting okay. season starts, just for you know safety precaution. Um, but I told him, look, I'm I'm hunting. I would like to access these areas through the bike trails. Can I bring a bike? And they said, what did how did he put it? They don't advise it, but I don't think they're going to do anything about it. So it's up to you. I like. But you I know, took that as a yes. That sounds close to a yes. So yeah. Um, I found a spot that was deep, deep in there, and we had good wind, and we rode it all the way there. Got on we, a buck. We actually got on two bucks. Two bucks. They were too far away, but I was talking to a couple people before we went, and they're like, oh, that place just gets hammered with hunters. You're not going to see anything. Right. Yeah. So You but, went deeper. Well, that, it just I think we just took a method that no one else is going to be – they're not they're, yeah. they're not used to, and maybe we just got into a spot. I mean, we definitely walked past stands. We walked past a trail camera to get to this spot. So people are back there. They got a video of you zooming by yeah. or a picture. But, of you but but if some guy's got to walk, let's say thirty forty minutes, and let's say it's got some hills in there or whatever. So there were. That's e- that, that's easy to do one day. Yeah. But to start doing it day and day and mm-hmm. day or like seven eight times over the course of a month, like right, it'll grind most you. Guys, dude, like. They, they just can't do it that often. Just they physically, mentally, they won't do it. The mental part, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think of when we will do, and we'll probably have this even for the, the five days or whatever in West Virginia, the the fourth day or whatever, fifth day of you getting up, putting that tray, oh. even with the, we'll use the rope mods, even with rope mods and all, it's like, dang it. I'm cold. This sucks. You know, you it's like getting up, getting down. And if you do camera stuff, it's, uh, it's an, an entirely different thing. It's all a lot Why? of messing around. Why do we film? I know. <laughs> I, I know. That's what I keep telling you. You keep saying we need to start filming. We need to start filming. Well, like, anytime that's we an bring extra... Mark, we'll bring Mark to film. <laughs> yeah. That's why we. That's why we we need Mark around. Yeah. No, we've got. Yeah. I. I just wish. I was talking to James about this, and maybe I'm just gonna give this away. Uh, with that one camera idea that I had. I don't know. What, I don't remember. Okay, fine. I'll just say it. Yeah. So hopefully someone will design it, and I can just buy one. Okay. But. Oh yeah. The, I the idea was to have. Like a gimbaled camera that you can put right in the tree with you, right? And then you would have some sort of like laser pointer, pointer either on like not a an actual s- laser stabilizer pointer. that, much like a rangefinder, if it hits the object, the camera will hit it and just follow sure. with it as long as you're holding down maybe like a button on your bow rest. You're, you're, so you're basically aiming it with yeah, your bow, yeah, just like a Tacticam, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you've just got this but laser guided you. camera. So you yeah. don't have to film. You don't have to. Yeah, I think it could work too because then, even if it like understood that okay, I, instead of pointed at what three o'clock, I've got to get to twelve. Mm-hmm. If it didn't know, you know, if you just said okay, be at twelve o'clock now, and it just yeah, and, and yeah, I can see that working. Yeah, you know, it have to be silent, but somebody make that. Somebody make that. So we we had that. an idea of doing that, but it just. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll promote the crap out of it yeah. on our podcast because we'll love it so much. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the other thing I, I've been seeing you you do um, is stand setup, like super light. You're running that lone. I mean, you got the sweatshirt on right now, the lone wolf yeah. custom gear. Um, talk about your approach to you know trail uh, tree stands. What, yeah, what's your yeah. how's that work? So so I am. Um, I don't know. I, I used to, you know, do the climber thing and then started doing some stand and sticks guys a little bit before the boom of social media. Um, you know, I, Dave and I were on some of the better hunting forums uh, before there was Facebook forums and, and those kind of took a turn, but um, <laughs> yeah, we had, we had the stand and sticks and, and we're doing that. And, and honestly, I've probably shaved somewhere around 12 to 15 pounds in the last two years with lone wolf custom gear wow between the, the camera equipment and then that arm they make the, is sweet yeah but yeah and even just the other companies starting to push the envelope and cater to the guy that says look i will pay for you to make it more convenient and lighter for me to constantly mobile hunt yeah um so i i you know i i don't have the lightest setup out there because like i'm gonna uh, I, I hunt with the 1.0 and not the DS5. Yep. And then I generally, if I'm hunting the big woods, I'm going to take four doubles. Okay. Um, yep. Now, if it's like a scouting mission, um, I've been running around Kentucky where I've got longer walks. It's it's three with one little rope step. Oh, you do like um, the like an aider or whatever kind of deal? You, well, I've got cable aiders on all of them, but I've got a, a, a Cranford makes a rope step. And, oh, sure. And that just helps. Yeah. So, so I've got one of those just, just as in the pack as, as an emergency item, but yeah. So, so that's kind of like my setup. 
Um, you know, it's something that I'd literally hang a stand nearly every hunt, actually all but like two hunts out of the year, I'll hang a stand. And it's just something that, that I've, I've become accustomed to doing. And, and, you know, the, the, the camera is all part of that as, as well, as far as setting up to film these things. But yeah, that's, that's what I do, man. No, I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, do you, are you running? All right, so you, you're, you, you've got a, like basically straps, backpack straps, to the, 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 the tree stand, like I've seen, are you putting a bag or like, how are you taking like a puffy coat or how, how do you do that? Yeah, I guess I should, I should do a little bit of a breakdown, but like, so I, my configuration right now is the 1.0. Mm -hmm. I actually run the double steps like horizontal. So they're not outside the frame of the stand. Mm -hmm. And then I put my um, backpack on there and I run a smaller backpack, uh, actually a cheapo from Amazon. Um, but it's like a smaller profile bag because you, you know, that's something Cody, when he runs around, dude, he's got this like, like, I don't know, it's almost a purse size, like tactical bag. And I'm like, well, if he's doing that, I need to like try and mirror what he's doing because, yeah. you know, he's a, he's clearly a very good mobile hunter. He does yeah. it a lot. Why would I not try and replicate exactly. it? Exactly. So, so I've got a smaller backpack and then I put generally uh, my bibs and this time of year, my bibs jacket. And I shove my puffy vest inside like the sleeve of the jacket. Mm. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I do I will say this. I do utilize I have a hip belt for my bag or for my stand and mm -hmm. I have the better like moly military style straps that are thicker. Like those are those are top quality and I I actually have a couple moly hip attachments on the hip belt for like little pockets that store my ropes for my sticks. Yeah. Um they store that step and they store like a headlamp like two or three things that i just need real quick at the beginning of the hunt yeah. just to make it more um effective and quicker to and less pain in the ass because yeah that's, yeah that's what you're always trying to do with mobile hunting is what can i make it quick easy and more effective that is we have been on that kick the, the last year it started and this year it's been like we talk about it all the time like i i hate all the crap i gotta bring mm -hmm. i've got all like how do I get rid of things? I don't want any useless things in my pack. Although I do want to bring a warm cup of beverage in the morning when I go That's out. That's fine. That's a luxury. Yeah, that's a you luxury. Get warm luxury, luxury but you, what I, what I've been doing is I make it the night before I cap it real tight. And then in the morning I can just get up and go and it's still hot. It's, it's the way to do it. Nice. Do you snack nice. it? Like do, do you snack in the woods? Are you a big yeah, snacker? I mean, during the rut, because I'm there, like, a lot of times, like, I've, I've walked in so far or whatever, it's like, I'm not going to burn the energy and time to go back to the truck. Yeah. So I just bring, you know, I'll bring uh, a packed PB&J style lunch a lot of times and just eat when I'm in there. Yeah. Um, that's, the, yeah, during the rut, I'll definitely eat in the stand. I, I'll drink water, just, um, you know, I'm a big proponent of if you're going to hunt hard multiple days, you got to be hydrated and the body... I don't know. You can't just drink water after a hunt or drink water like the day of. Like it's always about what what you've done forty eight hours prior, during, and recovery. Like yeah. yep. so so yeah. I'm I'm a big proponent of, of drinking water while you're hunting hard. John Barklow. John Barklow. Um, he's a is sick. Uh, uh, like I think he's in charge of their big game line. Anyways, yeah, he's big into that name like, rings a bell. Yeah, he's he's in he like does a, he does these great videos on on Instagram just about how to stay warm, how to layer, how to, you know, whatever. But his big thing is like eating when you're out there, like feed that, that engine, you know, mm -hmm. like keep that furnace going. And even a, like a little snack every now and then will keep your body warmer, keeps you engaged. And, and like you said, you can't really do that before or after. If, you, if you're not doing it during, I don't know, you lose focus. And, and after a while you're either, you know, on your phone or you're asleep or you're just, you know, not paying attention and something happens and you blow it, you know? Yeah. Now I would say a hot cup of coffee if I was in the stand. Like when I hunt my my family farm, I definitely bring a thermos. Oh yeah, because that that little morale boost oh, when I mm -hmm. get a chilly morning, like that's huge, huge, yep. huge. Yeah, it's it's that's why I've been doing it, especially for the back three. I uh, <laughs> it, I mean, it's just one that fits right in my my pocket. It's not a they big are, cup. They are slick little uh, yeti, slick little mugs. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Totally worth it. No, I like that. That's I like your approach. And you've got, like I said, you've got good tips. Um, and like you said, for, for people who are mobile hunters, you inevitably go down that road. Like, well, I, how do I make it even simpler? How do I take less? You know, how do I mm -hmm. get out there? But that brings up a question for me. Say you, you go deep, you're however far you go. Um, you shoot a buck. Are you going back and dragging it out? Are you hauling it out? What's your, what's yeah. your move? 
So, so last year I, I shot a buck and I was down, he fell down in a ravine in the big woods and I didn't have cell phone signal and I was solo and like, look at me, I'm not built to like haul like 200 pounds. I'm built to this like this guy right here. It. It's a Jerry. Yeah. I can do like a hundred pounds twice real good. Like that's, you know, like, like that's just my MO. So I actually like drug this deer out and i think it took me five five ish hours maybe more yeah because i didn't get home until it was dark dark and i shot that buck like two hours into the day wow <laughs> so so after after that lesson i've I, i've generally had a, a couple guys to help me pull some deer out and i pulled a couple solo deer out this year my buck died i found him the next day we had to go somewhere around half ish a mile but we had a good up down I started to quarter him and, and and we essentially took the quarters to the road once Dave and Andy showed up uh, without me knowing they were coming. Yeah. So we pulled a jet sled with quarters in it and I had the rack on, on, on the back of the Kuyu bag, but it was so much easier because I had moved the quarters a little bit before they got right. there. I was like, that is without a doubt the way to go if you're so low. Now I understand if game laws don't allow, which that's really stupid in my opinion because where my buck died the year before i bet 99 percent of people could not get the buck out of there right hmm. like, right like i'm a like I, I i work out a lot i played college soccer like you know i i do some functional lifting and and work out six days a week yeah the average person if they were solo i don't think they could have got the buck out of there it just snowed the leaves were wet like yep. there's no way no and but they, it's that's what cwd right where they make you take the spine out is that the, the reason for that yeah so I, I you know i don't know why yeah there, there there is some of that like you can't take a lot of bone structures across state lines but but yeah, like I don't know why some states don't allow some quartering type methods. That was for for us in Wisconsin last year. That's yeah. why they wouldn't. We had to drag the freaking deer out because of a legless. Bump. So what we did was we kind of quartered it. Like we took the quarters off, and then we took the head and the, like the the main chest cavity. And okay. if, if we could have just quartered that deer out, it would that took us probably four or five hours to get that freaking deer out of there. Yeah. I've thought about cutting it. I know this is gruesome as all get out, but I've thought about cutting them in half yep. and pulling half a deer in a jet sled because I could pull like, let's say you shoot a 200 pound buck. Like I could pull hundred pounds pretty easily with that jet sled. Yeah. But you, you kind of, once you get up 150 ish pounds uphill, bad footing, yeah. Uh, that's where I think it becomes difficult, and I've thought about literally just right in half. Yep. No, we we uh, lately it's been quartering, quartering them up, um, and sometimes we'll do like the gutless method, you know, throw them in bags and just like we're out, like you're out elk hunting or something, just throwing in your your frame pack. Um, but yeah. with the frame, it's also big and it's you know extra stuff, which yeah. that's the balance that you have to strike as a mobile hunter. Like, is yeah. it worth it well, or not? I, I would go. So this year I, I went back to the truck to grab my Kuyu. That's, that's the frame bag yep. I have. Um, that's, that's, I, I do have to go back. I don't hunt yeah. with a bigger frame bag on, on, on the missions, if you will. Yep. Yeah. Can you put them on your stand? Yeah. Like that stand will hold the weight. Um, I would actually probably do an inchworm method if I was solo, like, you know, move 60 pounds walk back a hundred yards, grab the other quarter or right. whatever amount was on the other stand, walk that. that way I've got a built in break. Um, you know, I can kind of just, that's the process of the day. Like you mm. gotta, it, it, it's, it's a workout, but it's like the best workout of the year because yeah. you just accomplished the goal, you know? Exactly. And I, you I do it one my, carried my buck out on a stick. I remember that we crossed my back. Yep. We hung them legs on both sides, hung them. And I took a video of you. I didn't yeah. carry anything. I, I left work. Because you're like, man, I shot a buck. I'm like, all right, I'll be right there. Didn't say anything. I just left. I'm like, yeah. well, this is serious, guys. Like, I got to help Jared. He shot give a buck. Give me props for that, by the way. Mark didn't like it. But, you know, I don't work for him anymore. So, <laughs> see ya. <laughs> um, no, I like that. Uh, actually, I saw Clay Newcomb. Uh, oh, yeah, I did see yeah, that. Big that fan cool. of Clay Newcomb. And he does that backpack deer method, which I need to try. Have you seen this? Uh, no, I haven't. I, I know who Clay no uh, Newcomb is in, in his films or whatever. And I, dude, if he could voice over anything, like, mm, man, he's like, the man. He's mm -hmm. So, what he does is he'll cut the, uh, he'll slice down from like basically elbow down to hoof um, and cut the bone out, but leave the, uh, and the hoof off, but leave the uh, skin, 
the skin the and the what I'm thinking of the dew claw on, and then you take your right arm and your left leg, or of the deer, tie them together with that skin, and and basically left to right, and you put it on like a backpack, and he carries this deer with the the butt on one and the head on the other, and he's like he he does it. He shot a doe. He throws yep. it on his back. He's like this is the uh, southern you know, method of old school Southern method of carrying yeah, the was, buck out of the woods. Pretty you know how he says it. Yeah. But you said he, okay, that may work with like a hundred pound dough. It was, it was a, it dough. was a dough. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like your average dude, like think about a, even like, um, like in our state, a, a two and a half year old gutted or did he gut it or no? It was gutted. Yeah, it was gutted. Oh, yep. It was. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was. So, you know, you're looking probably 125 to 150 ish. Yeah dead weight you know it's not a dumbbell so so it's heavier than what you think oh it's way heavier that way but i'm always worried about and i think this is the older i get now i can't say i'm very old 32 but i'm more worried about hurting myself like when i'm walking i'm like whoa jim check your knees take it careful on those knees jim (laughs) you've got a life a lot of life left to live and you don't want to blow one of those puppies out so whenever i'm thinking about like carrying weight i'm like nah you know what Cut down on the weight. Take more trips. You're not doing. It's not like you kill every day, and yeah. you're going to be hauling it out, unless you're Jared. Uh, yeah, <laughs> great killer over here. <laughs> no, I haven't killed a buck yet. I did kill a doe this year. You did and a, and a yodi. And a yodi, yeah. Jared, would you rather go one time, just one heavy load, or would you rather go twice and make it a lot lighter? Yeah, Give me Jared. a scenario. Is it like uh, we talking like a one mile walk uphill yeah. both ways? <laughs> Half mile and there is a solid incline. Half mile incline, I'm going it. I'm You're doing, doing it in one one trip, man. Just take there it nice some, and steady. There are some guys that would rather go like, yeah, one heavy load, get it done. And, yep. and I am okay. I'll I'll just inchworm and I'll work lighter loads and get out. Yep. yep same here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go slow. I'm I, you know what? I'm I'm a smarter. I'm smarter than you. I think. That's why. We should test. Because I'm preserving. We, we should test it. We got to both shoot a deer in the same day. No, we'll bring out some weights. I've got weights. We'll, we can bring we'll try out. it out. Yep. I'll do one big pack load, and you'll have to make two trips I'm, with two can I run? half the loads. I don't care what you do. He, he forgets <laughs> a couple my years speed. Ago, we, a couple years ago, we put two deer. Dave shot a, a pretty good-sized doe, and I shot a buck in gun season, and we were a mile and a half in. And we started, we drug both deer in the jet sled. And I was like, Dave, like, we need to be slowing down, taking more breaks. I was like, we got a long day ahead of us. Mm-hmm. He was just blasting through. Love it. We got to what we call Death Valley, and he's dying. <laughs> he drank too many IPAs the night before. Oh, he's yeah. dying, like on hands and knees, yelling too many beers. I mean, yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Beer was a bad choice. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I mean, we're coming up on time here. Um, we don't want to take too much of your time, but actually, we, we're going to want to have you back. So mm-hmm. just keep your schedule clear. Because, <laughs> okay. um, like I said, you, you've got just a lot of interesting knowledge, especially when it comes to um, the mobile hunter. Uh, but for people who are listening and who don't already follow you, how can they find you? How can they, you know, see the stuff that you're producing? Where, where can they go? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, like the 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 YouTube channel is the Whitetail Experience. It's a black and orange logo. Um, you can definitely look at a couple different playlists to, to, if you want to watch, you know, buck films or, or gear reviews or mobile hunting tactics, stuff like that. And then, um, as far as just, you know, Instagram is probably our main social outlet. Uh, you know, that's more of a day to day. We do some, some better photography on there, little video clip highlights, cool stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that black and orange logo, that's us. And then, um, other than that, I think that's uh, probably the best place to find us. Is it orange? I thought it was red. I thought it yeah, was red. Yeah, it's like a, a black and orangish. Oh, I'm yeah. also partially colorblind, so you, the wrong you, guy to ask. You might be colorblind. I think it's <laughs> dude. That's red, man. You might be colorblind. You're you're no. You're the one, dude. That is red. You can't. No. This is orange False. right here. I see this. <laughs> no, it, like I said, it, seriously though, for people listening, um, I mean, you you got great quality of your photos, uh, videos, yeah. um, but the content, I mean, Top content notch. at the end of the day is, is like what keeps people watching and yours is really, really good. So yeah. keep it up. We really appreciate you taking the time. Um, and now I know who to bounce, you know, ideas off or questions off. Um, anytime I've got any of them. Yeah. You, the you can, you can answer all his questions now. That's you. <laughs> like, Hey Byron. <laughs> Dude, it's two in the morning. Leave me. Yeah. Alone. I'm thinking. Yeah. Good so, luck with that. I've had to deal with that for oh, 10, 10 years now. Oh, please. Oh, please. <laughs> 
He's my soundboard. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you so much. We'll talk soon. All right. Very good. Thanks again, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Boga Hunting Podcast. If you guys like what you hear and want to follow along on what we're currently up to, hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on and follow us on Instagram at Boga Hunting. Join us next week, and we'll see you then.